Spectrum Health and Human Services is located throughout Western New York. For an appointment, call 716-539-5500. If you are in a crisis, you can call 716-710-5172. Their website is www.shswny.org. Well, happy Monday, everybody. Here is the 14th episode of Spectrum Health and Human Services. It has been awesome to continue my journey and relationship with this company and getting to know so many people and so many faces and that really just are there to genuinely want to help people. I don't think I've come across one person who doesn't. In this episode here, I sit down with Katrina Norris and you guessed it, we are going to continue to discuss the program Community of Caring that is all online and on Zoom. As always, you can get connected and look at the schedule of groups at shswny.org and you just click on the Community of Caring right at the top of the homepage and that'll take you to the schedule. Katrina has been the program manager out at their Springville location and we ended up getting into how she had to really change things up once this COVID and social distancing thing started. We also talked about her passions for working with teens and adolescents and how much joy and fulfillment she gets out of that and really just she loves working with the teens and adolescents so that was really awesome just to hear what she's passionate about and her community of care group itself is a crafts group and i touched a little bit on this with uh, past spectrum guest sandy puffpaff because on the surface of everything doing crafts to a lot of people seems cheesy and lame and childish but There are so many actual benefits. It's such a healthy coping skill. And it was awesome to really hear about how that can help people and how she has actually seen how much it has helped people. So make sure you give it a listen and really be open-minded to doing crafts for a healthy coping skill because that could be always a good time. Other than that, we are now raising money for our mental health and addiction TV channel. TV is used very lightly here, but we are creating a database of eight to 15 minute mini documentary series of people whether they've struggled with anxiety depression whether they struggled with substance use it doesn't matter we are going to have a story about how these people have struggled with it and found a way to overcome it and in order to raise money to start getting this going we are not only going to be documenting everything that is happening but we are also giving away t-shirts when you donate twenty dollars or more so get to the room nine website look at that watch our video about it and then you can fill out the form and everything else and we are going to be sending them out in bigger bigger shipments because we have to make them ourselves so those would be coming every i haven't decided quite yet four or five months but we will have your email address we will be staying in touch with you you will also get access to all the behind the scenes videos that we will be creating as we continue this project so check that out at room9podcast.com that's all i got for you i've already talked way too much enjoy this episode with katrina norris and i will talk to you guys next week monday peace Thanks for coming on. I think I already said that. And I would like to kind of 
get into, we have been highlighting the community of caring, but I also want to hear about you and what you're passionate about, you know, your position at Spectrum, what brought you to Spectrum, 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 and, you know, everything else. So I guess we can start with that and then get into the community of caring and what that's all about. Well, first, thank you for inviting me. Um, I really, you know, do appreciate you inviting me to do the podcast. Again, my name's Katrina. I actually work as the program manager at Springville. And I've been with Spectrum for, let's see, I started, it's kind of funny because I've done like a plethora of different programs through Mm -hmm. the years. So I originally started out in the Spectrum Cares program, just doing per diem um, when I first started. And then I moved into, they had a program, it was through with People Inc. And we actually worked with them on doing some case management stuff and working with families who had children who had identified developmental disabilities. So I worked on that program for a while. And then I kind of really got into doing more of the counseling piece. I really enjoy doing the more long-term care versus that short, brief, intervention. So I applied to our North Towns office, which doesn't exist anymore, but I applied to our North Towns clinic that was in Tonawanda and I ended up becoming a clinician there. So I worked with adults, children. Children was always my passion. I really enjoyed working with that population. I enjoyed, you know, just the different interventions and working with the families and all that stuff. So I did that think until 2015 when that site closed. And then I actually, well, let me back up. Actually, I became the children's supervisor for quite a long time. So I did that from probably 2014 until 2019, but I kind of floated between different sites. So I was at once North town or yeah, once the North town's office closed, I actually moved to our Seneca street location and I was there for two years. And then what happened was, is we outgrew the Seneca street location and we swapped sites. So Seneca Street became pros and they had like a smaller clinic in there. And, and mm-hmm. we took our larger clinic um, for outpatient and moved it to our West Seneca location, which is really down the street from where South Buffalo is. It's not too much of a difference, but the space was so much more, it was just bigger and we were able to accommodate way more clients. So I moved there. And then in 2019, I took a little bit of a break from Spectrum um, and I actually worked somewhere else for a very brief period, but I realized in my time away from Spectrum that I really missed the family that we had, I feel like Spectrum really is just like a wholehearted family. Like we have disagreements. We have gone through so much together that I ultimately found myself missing our community. So I met with um, Cindy Volker and Melissa Farrell. And, you know, when a position opened up, I came back. So here I am at Springville as the program manager there. And, you know, I'm constantly pretty much willing to do whatever and wherever. So <laughs> that's kind what- of float around. I have found that's pretty much well what you have to be ready to do if you're the the program manager or program director and no matter where you're at, especially in this industry, because there's so much that comes along with it. So much. And when I was doing the children's stuff, so going farther places isn't anything new to me either. When I was doing the children's supervising, I actually was floating between the Wyoming County office. I would go to Springville. I would help at Allentown Pediatrics. I would really wherever the need was for children's services is pretty much where I would go. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I would usually help out too. Like if there was any sort of shortages, I would, you know, do some coverage. So if somebody was on maternity leave or they were short staffed, I would just jump in and help for a little bit. So I'm definitely familiar with traveling. (laughs) (laughs) what 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 is it about what kind of draw you 
drew you, I should say, to working with kids? And then also, what age did you usually work with? I work with pretty much any age. Um, the particular age group that I really enjoy working with is the adolescent population. Okay, That's probably my favorite because they're still at that age where, you know, they're definitely defiant and definitely... Um, <laughs> a little resistant to what their parents have to say and, you know, a little combative and stuff. It's funny because you can kind of call them out on their stuff and, you know, have the same conversations their parents would have, but because you're not their parents, they're way more receptive to Mm. listening to you. I don't know. I just think they're a very moldable and very workable population. I know not everyone agrees with me on that, but I think if you develop that rapport with them and, you know, develop that, you're going to be there for them, that you're not there to ground them. You're not there to discipline them. You're just there to have that conversation, that serious conversation that you might not want to have with parents, but you know, that you're there for them, no matter what they do, you're not there to criticize them or judge them. You're really just there as a support and to really work through. I mean, adolescence, I don't know how your adolescence was, but I know mine was rough. (laughs) You know, there's just so much that you go through as an adolescent and there's just so much, you know, you're trying to figure out your identity. You don't like your parents, you, you know, you're trying to figure out what your life is going to be. So I just, I definitely really enjoy, you know, seeing them grow, seeing them thrive. And then, you know, seeing where they end up at like 18, 19, 20, it's, it's just a rewarding group, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, I've always have been kind of, I've always loved working with kids in a lot of ways growing up, whether it was church or I did a lot of babysitting, believe it or not. And I always kind of, I, I think that was more out of enjoying to act like a kid and I needed a reason. Like that too. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> even like with my kids, I remember there was a point with, you know, my son where I had to be like, all right, you can't just be his friend. You have to teach him about life and what to do. And, you know, you have to be a pain in his ass sometimes. <laughs> uh, yep, absolutely. <laughs> and it's funny with teenagers working with them too. And I just had this conversation this morning with a parent. I'm like, the teenagers are not always going to like you as a counselor either because you are there to kind of guide, you know, mm-hmm. help not tell them what to do, but just kind of like, is that really a good idea? (laughs) You know, and you know, sometimes they're, you know, they're not your best friend. And so today I had a parent who's like, she was kind of mad at you last appointment. And I'm like, she probably is. (laughs) And the reason being was just because I was trying to, you know, have her work towards her goals and push her a little bit outside Mm -hmm. that comfort zone. And, you know, I'm like, you can't make change, you know, until you're willing to make the change. And, you know, and it's funny too, cause I, I was telling the mom too, you know, and I've had this happen so many times is they might be mad at you for one session. I remember one kid who was mad at me because I wouldn't agree with him being allowed to play 10 hours of video games. And he was so mad at me that session that I wouldn't tell his mom that, but then the next time he came in and, you know, he was all completely fine. And yeah, maybe you made a point, maybe you're right. <laughs> you know, they have their moments. And I tell them all the time, I tell parents, I'm like, "Uh, I'm not doing my job if they don't get mad at me at least once. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's definitely a fair point. So you're out in the Springville, what is, um, what are, what other programs are kind of out there in that area? Um, so that's an interesting question, actually, to be honest, we're really trying to make an impact in the Springville area. We're really trying to focus on our Springville clinic and really, um, developing, you know, more programming and more things available just because it is such a, there's not a lot. We have clients that actually drive an hour, hour and a half just to come to us. And they're coming from like Cattaraugus County. They're coming from Chautauqua County. They're coming from Wyoming County. They're coming from all over the place just because there really isn't a whole lot of other service providers like us available to them. Yep. 
So for us, what we're doing, we're actually in the middle, well, not in the middle, we haven't started it yet, but we are looking to expand our offices and grow as a clinic. So we're actually going to be starting our remodel relatively soon. Okay. Um, and we're going to be looking for more clinicians and, you know, we have a position open for a full-time case manager and we're going to have more group rooms and we're really trying to just be out there and available and reach out to that community because, there's just not as much as they probably need. And the other thing is too, is we're, you know, obviously pre-COVID or well, yeah, pre-COVID our intakes, we were always getting intakes. We were always, yeah. you know, definitely our clinicians were pretty packed and pretty full. During COVID, it was a little bit different. Our intake slowed down, but I don't think that was a result of clients not needing the services. I think it was just clients not knowing that like, hey, what do I do? Nothing, mm-hmm. you know, we can't go anywhere, but our intakes have definitely gone back up now that people are aware that we're doing all the telehealth stuff. Yeah, it's interesting. I was just thinking about that when you said that as far as those places that are kind of out more towards the country and that don't have a lot around them. Obviously, mental health and substance use is still a big issue no matter where you go. And I never thought about that, like people having to drive a long ways just to get some counseling or whatever it is that they needed. Because I don't I can't think of whether you know a few other companies that I work closely with as well that, that I don't think they really have one that's out there somewhere like that as far as you know in the country area which I think Springville would be considered the country right yeah I, pretty much I mean definitely there's some other things that are a little bit more rural and out there yeah. but um you know we're definitely we are definitely a point point clinic I'll call it you know so Cattaraugus County we get a lot of Cattaraugus County clients okay and you know we'll get from Chautauqua County a little bit here and there, but people will drive. I mean, if they, I have one who he lives like Chautauqua County, maybe on the border of Pennsylvania and wow. they'll drive to come see us just because we offer, he, what he told me is we have a really good quality of care. We have a lot of services available where there's things that are near him. Um, they just don't have those services. So, you know, we definitely see a lot of people willing to make the commute to come see us. And, you know, our hope is definitely to be available and expand what we have to offer to meet the needs of our clients. That's great. So you guys are adding on to the building now, expanding it? Yeah. So it's super exciting. Um, we have an office that's next to us that used to be, I want to say it was an eye doctor office because when I looked at the building, they still had some of their equipment left and it was pretty neat actually. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, We are actually going to be, you know, working from the ground up over there and we are going to be expanding. So that way our office is much bigger um, and we will have more offices available. So that way, you know, as the demand is there, we can bring on new people. So it's going to be great. That is going to be great. Yeah. Because, you know, like I said, there's definitely a need for it. Unfortunately, there is a big demand (laughs) for mental health. Yeah, I was going to say, unfortunately, I mean, you know, it's definitely a field that, you know, I look at it and obviously I'm a mental health clinician, so I understand a lot of it. But a lot of people don't necessarily realize how high the need is and how, you know, that mental health is not going away. Like, you know, it is definitely one of those things that, you know, there's so many people out there who could use it, who des- don't necessarily know, you know, either how to access it or, you know, the steps to take, but it is definitely not going away. It is one of those things that I think at some point in everybody's life, you go through something where, you know, your mental health is impacted. I mean, look at COVID, 
you know, mm-hmm. there's so many people who may have done great up until COVID and, yep. you know, their livelihood changed. They may have lost people as a result of the pandemic and that shakes you, you know, and you might need that extra support and your mental health might not be as great as it was prior to that. So, you know, it is unfortunate that it's so in demand, but at the same time, that's where we come in and we really want to just swoop people in and do what we can to help them. Yeah, it's it's hard to believe when you think about when you look at some of the statistics that are out there of people who won't even think about getting help because of stigma, because of the that whole sense of, oh, I'm weak if I get help for my mental health. And it's it's crazy to me to think about how many people are not doing it. And yet we're still in a demand like where we need more clinicians and we need more buildings and we need more people to actually help the people who are seeking the help not even to mention the people who are not even looking for it. Yeah, there's that stigma out there still, which I think, you know, as time evolves, we're definitely kind of breaking through to some people. But yes, you're right. There's still those people that are resistant. And you see that, you know, our phones are ringing. I mean, they're constant. We're not worried about like, you know, our, our appointments are full, you know, and we're booking out. It's one of those things where, yeah, I mean, it's just everywhere. You can't really deny it. It's definitely one of those things that I think it's become more accepted and people are more willing to work on getting the help they need. But yeah, there's still definitely that little, that popular, well, I shouldn't even say little population because I know a ton of people that are like, I'm fine. And I'm, I'm like, good. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you could, I mean, it won't hurt you. <laughs> it just happens. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. I mean, even still on this day and age that you can get yelled at for not seeing a doctor for physiological reasons. But if you go to see one for psychological reasons, you feel weak, you get kind of looked at weird and it's a shame. I mean, that's one of my, my biggest kind of motivators right now is to just, I mean, it's something, something so simple as just talk about your story to people, talk about what you're struggling with the people in order to really end the stigma around it. And that's kind of one of my main missions at room nine is to, really share everybody's just share stories. I mean, sometimes it's that simple. You don't need to have an answer for the issue you're struggling with. But when you can just come out and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. I mean, that takes away so much stigma. Absolutely. And that's awesome that you're doing that, by the way, because it is, you know, and I can definitely agree with you on that. I've always been a big advocate of, you know, it's okay to have feelings and it's okay to express them and it's okay to get help. And there's no shame in it. You know, it's, and you're right. There's so many people who are willing to go to a doctor for a broken bone or (laughs) anything like that. But when you can't see it, it's like, you can't physically see what's wrong. Mm -hmm. There's just that stigma, like, oh, I'm fine. I'm, and it's just crazy to me. I don't want to say crazy because that's that's not a good word to use, but it's just, it's okay to accept help and it's okay to admit, like, I need help. There's nothing wrong with that. So a lot of the time, like I have a Facebook page of my own and it's nothing crazy or clinical or it's just me mm-hmm. and who I am. But a lot of times I will post on there about like addiction and I'll post on there about like just quotes about mental health. It's not necessarily specific to me, but it means something to me. You know, I want people to feel comfortable reaching out for help. I want people to feel like, Hey, you know what? She posted this quote. And I always joke with people. I'm like, there's not quotes and memes out there for just one person. Like it, (laughs) it impacts other people. Like you are not the only one. This quote wasn't written about you. (laughs) So my hope in posting those is making people realize like, you know what, this person wrote about this. So clearly there's a need out there. There's somebody Mm -hmm. else who definitely feels the same way. Yeah. I think that's something that holds us back all the time too, because we always like when we're struggling with something, we always kind of feel like, oh, 
yeah, nobody else knows. Nobody else has struggled with this. I'm the only one. And when you see something like that, or when you hear somebody share their story, that immediately can also help somebody who's like, oh, wait, I'm not alone in this. That's good. I mean, right. that, that's a huge help just to know that you're not alone in something. Right, exactly. And that's why I like posting it. And I'm not intending to provide therapy that way or anything like that. But if I have a friend on there or something that reads it and maybe going through something and they see that just to know that somebody wrote that quote and they get it, you know? Mm -hmm. So my hope is by posting those and reposting those is like, you're not alone no matter what. And you can always reach out for help and there's always things available. And, you know, in talking to just some of my close friends about it, they have kind of expressed the same thing that seeing quotes like that is really actually very therapeutic for them just because it's like, it kind of stings, sticks with them or resonates with them. And it just makes them feel like a sense of comfort Mm -hmm. and that there's nothing I personally like it. And I know the Spectrum Facebook page too, because I like them on my Facebook does, they will post some quotes and stuff too, that are really, really meaningful. So that's much appreciated. I always recommend them like, go out and like that page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, so. <laughs> it, it's amazing how something like kind of so simple like that can make a big difference. Even just, even if it's just for your day, sometimes it's the simple things that go a long way. I found Absolutely. So, all right, moving on to like this. So the pandemic happened and obviously your whole job and going out to the Springville and you can't go there. So a lot of things I'm assuming have changed for you and your, you know, your job description, at least temporarily. So what, what did that look like after the pandemic and, you know, what ended up happening? And we can obviously get into the community of caring in a few minutes. Yeah. So that was interesting, COVID, <laughs> <laughs> um, to put it like in the mildest way. Basically, it was a real interesting transition because I remember it was like a, it was the week before like everything shut down and I knew stuff was kind of getting like, well, what's going to happen? And then I remember my, my boss called me or texted me Sunday night and she's like, can I call you? And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. (laughs) And it was basically just like shut down, not shut down operations, but shut down site operations. Mm -hmm. And we were completely focused on getting people transitioned to working from home. It was that Monday, I think it was the 16th. And we had all our staff working from home. Myself, I went into the office and our director went in, my boss, and we were just trying to figure out like, what the heck is going on here and how we were going to make do with this. We did have our staff come in that Tuesday just to have like, not a meeting where we're all like, we actually all were six feet apart, masks, every, (laughs) the whole nine yards. And then we had sent most, I think we sent like 50% of them home. And then by like maybe an hour after that, it was everyone go home. And we pretty much just followed suit. Like we shut down. I mean, everything was work from home. What's nice about Spectrum is I actually maintained my position. It wasn't a matter of switching like my role. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just a matter of shifting gears and doing it from home. So a lot of it was still, you know, me doing the clinical oversight and, you know, making sure that services were still running and that we were doing everything up to par. It was just making sure we were doing everything correctly. So you know, it was a lot of engaging, you know, having our clinicians engage the clients and explain to them what telehealth was and ensuring that they were comfortable with it and, you know, getting the appropriate consents. I can't take credit for developing the workflows that we had, but it was definitely making sure the workflows that we designed and a workflow is literally just like process and procedure was being followed by all the clinicians. Um, all of our, uh, 
steps to make sure everyone was still engaged because there were some people that weren't into the telehealth, not a lot, but there were some that were a little apprehensive about it, Mm -hmm. but it was making sure that we were still engaging these clients and we were still making efforts to connect with them, even if it was just a check-in. You know, we wanted to make sure, like I had one that he was like, absolutely not. I'm not doing that. And that's fine. Um, We respected that, you know, if that's not your comfort zone, but we were still making phone contact regularly just to check in, you know, and see if anything changed or if he needed anything. And we also have our mobile response team. So Mm -hmm. that team is, I was on that for a short little bit, but due to some personal issues, I had to, uh, you know, pull back from that. But that team was designed basically for our clients who need their injections, you know, clients that we needed to lay eyes on and just have that Mm face-to-face. And they're still up and running. So, you know, without clients being in the office, anybody that was like high risk or needed to, you know, have that face-to-face intervention, we still have our team and we still do referrals to have them go out. It was definitely a whirlwind of developing (laughs) processes and procedures, but to be honest, even though it was a little bit chaotic, I think it went as smooth as it could have. Yeah, that's good to hear. I I feel like a lot of um, the mental health have always kind of, at least over more recently, have been on that fine line of trying to switch a lot of things to telehealth. And I feel like there's kind of almost that this is going to happen at some point. And I feel like everybody's kind of just forced into it maybe a little sooner than they wanted to. Well, some people love it. Some people are, you know, some clients of mine it. and I, yeah, they're like, uh, please don't switch from this. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I have to follow what the state dictates, but for now we're good. But yeah, and it's interesting too, because some, you know, wanted done via Zoom, some wanted FaceTime, some wanted just the phone, you know, so you have to kind of try and remember all the different platforms that you're using. And it was definitely like a mad dash too, to make sure our clinicians had the, you know, the equipment that they needed, whether it was a work cell phone or a work laptop, or make sure that they had whatever they needed to basically make their own office at home. (laughs) But we did it, you know, it worked out really well. I cannot say anything, like I said, as chaotic as it was, we made it work. And, you know, I found that not just I found, but like overall, our engagement with clients after this has really been pretty strong. You know, we shift gears and our no-show rates went down. Our, you know, it really, it took a lot of work, but I think our clients really, you know, the ones that we were able to connect with are really engaged with us now and are really grateful that we offered what we did while we could. This was not easy for a Mm. lot of people. I'm grateful because I, you know, I have a home that, you know, I feel safe in and comfortable in and, you know, I don't have that concern, but you know, there's a lot of people that don't have that home that they feel is their most safe environment, or they don't have the necessities to get through everything. You know, they don't have the luxuries. So, you know, just knowing that there's that friendly voice on the line who can minimally just be there to support you, I think was so big for so many people. Yeah. Especially as, as you said, especially in the time where you couldn't go anywhere to the gym, to the mall, to the store. I mean, he had the grocery store and that was it for a little bit anyway. And it could end up being back to that. Who knows where this is headed? I know. Don't get me started. I could go on a tangent about that, but I'll save you that one. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, there were so many people who the grocery store was their like 
Mm -hmm. one thing to get out of their house. And, you know, it's sad because some people do live in an environment, whether they have conflict with siblings or conflict with their parents, and it's not anybody's fault, but COVID really took away those freedoms. It took away that school as a safe place. It took away that work as like a escape, you know, and home is great home. I love home. I mean, home is an awesome place to be. And everyone I feel should have a place where they feel comfortable, but also being home with people too much. can be a little bit much and you need that outside escape. Like summer right now is great because people can walk, people can go outside. People aren't stuck in the four walls when it was winter. Yeah. So I'm like, please go outside and do something. Oh man. Yeah, no, that definitely was a lifesaver. I think for a lot of people to be able to head outside and at least take a walk. And I walk, my girlfriend and I, we walk our dog about almost four miles quite a few times a week, probably, you know, sometimes five times a week or so we'll take a walk and really so nice. <laughs> even like in the winter times we we walk if it's not stupid cold but i've seen so many people more people than i've ever seen in this area walking around <laughs> oh yeah i definitely when it was cold i would still just be like you know what i need to do something outside mm-hmm. of these four walls and again i love my home but i'm like i gotta get out <laughs> yeah so i would be walking around the neighborhood actually where i live there's a track and I would just literally go sit by the track sometimes and just watch other people just do the people watching thing because yep. <laughs> <laughs> it was some sort of like, you know, socialization and <laughs> just to get away for a little bit. The whole situation took a lot of adapting and evolving and quick thinking, especially in the mental health, mental health area and substance use area. And then I know, obviously, I've talked with Julie Gatowski and I've talked with who else have I done one with? Carm Harper and Sandy Puffpath. And you guys started this, Heather Randolph, you guys started this community of caring. And this was kind of awesome because I love this. And I've kind of, I think you're probably the last one on out of everybody who has a group on here. And I just loved the whole idea of it because it really just was, again, another space for people to come to, share how they're feeling, share what they're going through. And there's so many different types of groups you guys going on. And I know you have one. And I want to kind of end with that discussion of your community of caring group and what, how it got started. The whole thing got started actually because Julie sent an email out probably maybe a week into COVID, just looking for ideas or looking for, you know, anybody who has something unique to bring to the table. Originally, when I emailed her back, I, um, I was really interested in doing at-home crafts. I love crafts. So one thing about me that people know very well is I really... I knit, I crochet, I just love doing any DIY projects. It's just been something that's always helped me. I really find crafting as therapeutic because one, it can build your confidence if you create something that you really, really like, especially if you want to give it to somebody, you know, you just feel that like sense Mm -hmm. of accomplishment and you feel that sense of like giving and just, you know, it's just something nice that you have. I find crafting is again, therapeutic, but it doesn't matter if you're like, you know, you're like super, super great at it. Or even if you're not like, you're like, "Eh, I don't really, you know, it didn't come out the way I wanted to, who cares? It's (laughs) crafting is creativity and your unique personality really shining through. That's why I really liked it. So I emailed Julie about that. And the whole premise of what I was doing is I was trying to do it where people didn't have to leave their house. And it was really all about stuff they, we could make while being at home. So when I started it, all of it was, again, just stuff I found in my kitchen, stuff I found upstairs in like my office, like just the most random projects you could find. But again, it was really just designed to be an extra 
skill, something to do, something to step outside your comfort zone, try something new during, uh, we call it crafty Katrina, uh, which I like the name. I think <laughs> that's it's great. Yeah. That's awesome. It's in my kitchen and I have my little setup every Tuesday night. And, you know, we, we made so many things. I did one of the ones I really loved was I did crayon art, which is literally, you can use cardboard, you can use uh, canvas, which I had, but I know people don't normally have canvases lying around, but you can use cardboard, poster board, anything hard, basically and glue crayons on and just take a blow dryer and melt it. And it comes into this like trickle down design. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. No, I haven't seen that. That's cool though. They're really cool. And again, everyone has like, or, you know, if you have kids around, you have broken crayons or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't have to be brand new crayons. It can be broken stuff, but just melt it on the canvas or on the cardboard. I, you know, wrote a word underneath that I think I wrote inspire and all the like different colors were just trickling down into the word, which it came out really cool. Um, <laughs> But again, the whole premise of it really was, is just finding things around the house. I did, um, I did coffee filter flowers, the one, which was literally coffee filters, markers, and use a spray bottle. If you spray on the mark or you, yeah, you spray on the coffee filters, the markers will look like create a tie dye effect. And then you just tie it up and make a little flower out of it. <laughs> no, that's so awesome. Yeah. It's super easy and, you know, that's, and it really was designed to just be easy and stuff around the house. Nothing complicated. I wasn't teaching knitting or crocheting because that is, I'm sorry, you can't do that online. Like (laughs) (laughs) that is no way I got to be in person with you, but you know, it was really just an outlet for people, you know, their spirits are down. You're not feeling great about things. You know, you're bored out of your mind. Cause I know some people were bored. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so many people were bored. So it was just something we were hoping the design of it was that they could look forward to. They could do with their kids. They could do for themselves. And really all the activities I had were catered to any age. I joked because I did one. Um, oh shoot. What was it? I can't remember, but no, I think it was, oh, it was, um, yeah, kinetic sand. That's what oh, it was. Yeah, I made yeah. kinetic sand with that. And I was joking because I'm like, I know a lot of people would think this is just a kid activity, but I want to challenge any adult who is not going to touch that kinetic sand <laughs> when they get to play with it. Like, let's call a spade a spade here. You're going to play with it as an adult, <laughs> you know, and it's self-calming and soothing. And actually we did, um, I did a body scrub one for everybody because it's, like a shower, I feel is like a safe haven. So I was like, Mm -hmm. all you need is sugar an essential oil or a fruit with that just has juice in it. And, you know, a little bit of oil, it can be olive oil. It can be, I mean, pretty much any oil except vegetable. You just don't really want to use vegetable, but I am like, you just put a little, even parts of it in and you have, you know, your own scrub. It, you, it smells good. It's something that you created. You can give it as a gift if you don't want it. But again, adults buy into it. Kids like that stuff. Like, you know, I know body scrubs are probably seen as more of an adult thing, but little kids like the smells and Mm -hmm. they like the texture of it and stuff. It is very like a sensory. So yeah. So basically it was designed for all ages. It's really just meant to be that escape outlet, something to do. (laughs) No, that's really, that's really cool. I remember I was kind of looking up on, you know, the benefits for your mental health and doing crafts and stuff. And I think, like you said, at first, when you kind of think about it, it seems cheesy. I'm a grown up. Why am I going to do that? But A, you are very correct. I wouldn't, I can never walk past my kid's magnetic sand without playing with it. And yeah. <laughs> and B, but I think there is really, when you kind of let go of your ego and you are stopped trying to have this 
persona of I'm not going to do crafts, there is so many benefits to it. And I think one of them is like, all right, it's at least a, a different thing right now. It's at least a little bit of an escape and some good coping mechanisms. And I, I was really shocked on the benefits of just doing crafts for people's mental health. Absolutely. And, you know, there's no limits to it. You know, I, I mean, you could... Like I said, I didn't crochet. That's like one of my preferred things, mm -hmm. but there's really, you could be, I've seen so many people do so many different things like jewelry making to give as gifts or they'll make soap or make candles or, I mean, the concepts that you could come up with are just never ending. Um, I have a friend on, um, she's a photographer, but her and her significant other actually make, he likes, he just likes working with wood. That's his yeah. thing. He likes, you know, different things. So he was making flower planters. He was making different decor for the houses for people and selling it as just, you know, another means for an income, but he enjoys doing it too. So it's got that twofold benefit to mm -hmm. it as well. You know, he really likes doing it and he's making a profit. So <laughs> You know, why not? <laughs> yeah, no, that that's always nice when you can turn it around for some money. Yeah, he loves it and he do, he's doing great. Like he's doing great. He says it's really just something, again, very cathartic, very, mm -hmm. you know, he can go into his own zone. He can just relax when he's doing it. And then he's got all these people praising his work because it is beautiful work. It really is. But again, if you're not like, if even if you're doing a paint by number, you know, you're not going to sell yeah. it or anything like that. Like I actually bought my stepdad a paint by number for his birthday because his <laughs> birthday was in the middle of all this. And I didn't mean to send him the most advanced paint by number I've ever seen in my life, but he's working on it. And he says, he's like, it is very relaxing just to sit and mm -hmm. focus on the numbers and the colors and to see the end product. Like it's going to, it's going to take him forever. <laughs> But <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I had a lot. I remember a lot of people when I was in my long term treatment facility that would do the the adult um, coloring books with the crayon or the colored pencils and everything like that was super popular. Oh, yeah. When I worked in the, um, when I left Spectrum just briefly and I worked in the rehab, the girls there uh, were always using gel pens. Yeah. Gel pens was like the best thing ever. I never had seen such a comeback of gel pens. But <laughs> They love the gel pens and we would, um, we had a prize situation, like just a, a point situation, how they could earn things, you know, cause they didn't have much when they went in there and mm -hmm. they always went for the coloring books or the gel pens or the stationery. They love the stationery. They love just the different artistic mm -hmm. things they could do. So again, it really goes to show how much crafting and how much just creativity can really help bolster somebody's mood and self-esteem and confidence. Yeah. Especially in the substance use world, I kind of have this, I've been obsessed with thinking a lot about this because it's not necessarily a prerequisite for addiction or substance use, but a lot of people in substance use you find are extremely, extremely creative people. And I always wondered why so many of these you know, long-term treatment facilities Yes, it's a good thing that they work on stuff programs and you have to go through cognitive behavioral therapy and DBT. And obviously they have some 12 step stuff. All that stuff's great, but there's never really much for the creativity sides of people. And one of the biggest things for me was being creative, writing and playing music, doing storytelling, videography. I mean, I, ne I need that outlet and finding that when I was able to find that and really connect with it after I got a rehab. I mean, I've had no issues over the last two and a half years. I have never enjoyed life so much. And it just it's it always just amazed me that there was not more of that kind of promoted and be worked on in a lot of the rehabs. Good for you. I was going to say that's awesome. And yeah, I agree 100%. I actually, when I was there, um, I remember I, cause I 
because I knit and crochet, I have so many, my house is like a giant yarn festival <laughs> upstairs, but I had so many that I was like, I'm not going to use this. So let me bring it in and just yeah. let them go ahead, have at it. Like, and this expression on their face, it was like priceless. You know, it was just so sweet and so excited. And I felt, I almost felt bad because I'm like, it's a ball of yarn. But to them, it was like, so much that more. is what they need. They need that creative outlet. They need that expression. They need that. And these girls, they were so funny just because they really did. They, I remember getting there early first thing in the morning and they were just all at the table crocheting and they're like, Miss Katrina, do you want to see my scarf or whatever (laughs) they were working on? And I don't know. I just, I find so much joy in seeing people, you know, doing better, no matter what it is. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be crafts, but you know, I see how people's faces light up when they're doing something that they have that, you know, passion for that knits for. So even if it's, you know, not crafting per se, but it's writing or producing music and just seeing how, I don't know, like just how bright their affect is and just how beautiful they look and how like there's that something that motivates them other than, you know, their substance use or other than all the stuff that they've gone through. You know, it's just, I don't know, it's just such a rewarding feeling. So with the whole Crafty Katrina concept, that really was another big piece of it too, is just one person just takes a craft and they really, really like it. And they really think like, you know what, this is what's going to help me grow, or this is what's going to help me do something different with my life. I'll take it. You know, that's awesome. That's great. And if not, it's something, it's just something to keep you busy and to do. And I really enjoy doing, you know, the community of caring. And we actually just started up a teen talk group. It hasn't really taken off too much yet, but that's just because we just started it not that long ago. But we wanted really uh, another group that was like a safe platform specifically for teens. Okay. Just where they could talk about issues, you know, because we watch the news and, you know, adults talk about all this stuff, but we kind of sometimes forget that teenagers do have a voice and do have feelings about it and do have things that are, they're thinking, you know, a lot of the seniors, 17, 18 year old population, they didn't get to go to their proms. They didn't get to experience that graduation in the way that, you know, traditionally they would have, Mm -hmm. or they didn't get to say goodbye to their friends in the way that they would have normally. So we're hoping, you know, right now it's a little hard because the weather's so nice that it's hard to get people to come inside and be like, Hey guys, join the computer for an hour when (laughs) they want to, I mean, they want to see their friends and they, you know, because now you can do a little bit more of that stuff, but we're hoping in continuing to do it, you know, especially like you said, we don't know what's going to happen in fall and winter with everything. We're hoping that at least them knowing they have that place to go to and it's safe and they can talk about stuff that they need to talk about, or, you know, even if they want to bounce an idea off of me and the peer, you know, they can do that too, you know, and you don't have to be a spectrum client. That's what's great about the community of caring is you don't have to be enrolled with us. You know, you could be, you know, Susie Sunshine, you know, who lives <laughs> nowhere near a clinic whatsoever. And if you want to sign on, sign on. We want, we want to help you. You know, you don't have to be a client of ours. We just want to get out there and help people that need it. Yeah, I think that's one of the the best parts about the community of caring is that you don't have to have anything to do with spectrum you can hop on and be a part of it. And I think that is something we've all kind of really needed something, at least in our lives over the last few months, at least. All right. Either if you want to talk about some stuff or even if you just want to escape, there's something there in the community of caring group, which I think is pretty awesome. Yeah, I love it. I think it's just, you know, and I'll post on my Facebook page, you know, about it all the time just to get the word out there. And I have some friends in the field that don't work with Spectrum necessarily, but I'm telling them about it because Mm -hmm. I'm like, just 
you don't have to be a spectrum client. You can just be like, I joke with my mom. I'm like, mom, you sign on. <laughs> like if you want, not the team talk group, but yeah, you know, any, even yeah the, the other groups. Because me and her have a running joke because she's not crafty. And I'm like, come on, <laughs> you know, so, you know, just to give people something to do and something to look forward to. And it's great. And I, you know, I hope we continue it. It sounds like we will, you know, but I think for the long haul, it's just a great option for people, regardless of COVID. Yeah. And when is one date and time are your groups or your group? So the team talk group is on Mondays. It's from 4.30 to 5.30. Okay. Um, so we're on there. We stay on, you know, even if, it, you know, sometimes because right now, like I said, with the weather being so nice, we don't get as many people to sign on and it hasn't really taken off yet, but we'll sit on there until, you know, 5.30. If somebody wants to just pop on real quick, I might just be sitting there. So I might look a little weird until you get like fully in the room, <laughs> but I'm there waiting. So, you know, and so is our peer. So we're sitting there, you know, we might just be chatting while we're waiting for you, but we're waiting. And the Crafty Katrina is at 630 on Tuesday nights. And that typically just is as long as the craft is. So I encourage people to just make sure they sign on on time because there's no guarantee of some crafts take a full half hour and mm -hmm. some, you know, are just a small, quick, something that takes a few minutes for them to really work on. But, you know, so I encourage that one. But from my understanding and talking to Julie is she's recording those ones and they're going to be available on our YouTube. So that'll be nice too for people. So if they miss them and they're like, oh, I was out or whatever, but I really wanted to see it, they can access it later. That is great. And this is the kind of, I love to end it with this question of just, if you had like the last, if you had five minutes to kind of address, address the world, um, your last five minutes, you know, what advice, what would you say to somebody who is struggling with mental health or substance use? By five minutes. All right. Uh, <laughs> you don't need to literally I, I take five minutes. But... <laughs> yeah. I would say the biggest thing is don't be afraid. You know, there's, I do understand that there's so much stigma out there and there's so much, you know, people in denial and not wanting to admit it. And, you know, a lot of it is because of pride or not letting people down or, you know, I'm scared. And it's just, it's amazing to me that it is so common addiction, mental health. Like I get it. Even for those who are on here listening to this podcast, like don't be afraid to reach out to me if you need to, you know, because it really, there's no shame in admitting that something is going on for you. I mean, addiction, you know, mental health and addiction and specifically addiction. It's like, I 100% get why people, you know, that happens to people mm -hmm. because it's, you know, addiction is, it happens when, you know, a lot of times it happens when your mental health is not well, it's a coping skill. You know, it's not a good one. But nope. it is a way to escape and a way to feel normal and a way to escape from like the realities of the world. So it's 100% understandable what happened, 100% understandable why people get into it. And it's 100% it's okay. It's 100% okay to admit you need help. It's 100% okay to just reach out, you know, with myself and with, I can, I don't want to speak for every clinician I've ever met in my life, but I think a majority of us are in the field because we want to help you. We want you to realize mm -hmm. you are not alone. You are beautiful and you have so much to offer the world. And we are here for you to help you get to the place where you want to be. And, you know, and whatever that place might be, you know, some people are not ready to give up some of those things, you know, whether it's like a little bit of substance use or, and that's okay too. You know, it's not about us telling you you have to do A, B, C, and D. We're not that. You know, your court or if you're involved in the legal system, that might be a different story. <laughs> but um, with us, 
it's really about just you hitting your goal and where you want to be and us just helping get you there. And yeah, again, I, I guess my biggest phrase is don't be afraid, reach out, come talk to us. There's no judgment when you walk in our doors. I mean, we, we care about you and we want you to be the best you, you can be. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Katrina, for your time. And I told you it goes. Awesome. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> no problem. I told you it goes fast. It's been almost 55 minutes. Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> yep. Always goes fast. So thank you so much again. And I will, uh, I'll let you know when this is edited and I will share it with you. So much. And if you need anything at all, let me know. I will. Thank you. I'll be in touch. You're welcome. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye-bye.